This Sam Mays Podcast Roadshow is brought to you by Pettit Insurance in Norman. Remember, you're always in good hands with Allstate. On the Monday of game week, it's just different. It hits different. It feels different. It's uh, something that has been in my blood my whole life. So when you listen to Red Dirt music, it's like that last rebel sound to me. It is a combination of uh, southern rock and jazz and uh, bluegrass and and for Skip Bayless to come out and say I don't feel bad for him and kind of belittle him and say how dare you how dare you as the leader of America's team show weakness honestly I want to say what I want to say this is the Sam Mays podcast We'll just oh, do it real quick. Uh, rehash. Yeah, rehash. Here we go. Um, three, two, one. 90 to 18. Nine, 90, 18, and 7. That's where we were at, right? <laughs> I think it was somewhere in there. Welcome back. Sam Mays here with Wes Sims. Donovan Woods. And that jerk you just heard. No. Josh Norman, uh, former Oklahoma uh, great and current Southmore head coach, Donovan coaches <laughs> yeah, next time, Marshall here in Oklahoma City, and we all know and love Wes Sims. Uh, we were just talking Bedlam, and it cut out. I have no idea if this is going to pick up where we left off or not. We'll check on it later. But um, as far as this year's game is concerned, yeah. right, um, Oklahoma State comes into this with, I and I still believe this, one of your probably top 15, 20 defenses in the country. Those dudes play it from front to back, and they're high-level educated, and they don't get rattled. They communicate well. They move well as the offense moves. They look like a weapon for the first time in Stillwater probably ever in my lifetime, knowing Oklahoma State football. Like, in the last 20 years, I haven't seen a defense look like the spearhead like that one does. So, you're, I'm a believer because Mike Gundy, they I got some dudes for the first time. They have some on dudes. Defense. And Jim Knowles yeah. knows his group, right? He knows that group. You can tell there's a great relationship between their coaches and that and that the kids on the field. They just play hard for them. Gundy is the most conservative, weak-minded coach in college <laughs> football when it comes to his rivalry game. He is. Like, he yeah. can't do it. He can't do it. So I'm thinking for the first time in your 15 years, bro, you've got a defense that – will help you with your inability to engage in this game. So that's step one for me. Two is you got two weeks, find a way. Yeah. Find a way to make it interesting. Your job as a head coach is to inspire your football team, even when the I, I will never forget stepping on the field against Josh's OU and Wes's OU teams or Vince's Texas team. You think that we didn't know that we were physically outmatched? We had 25 kids on those teams that could play good. 25 of us had no depth. But our coaches gave us plans each and every week, and they said, if you just go do you, be the tough Oklahoma kids that you are, 90% of that roster from from Oklahoma, from Weatherford and Fairview and (laughs) Noble and these broken arrow, these random little towns. We had a bunch of farm kids and kids from Oklahoma City that wanted to get in a fist fight. And Les said, okay, we're going to take that attitude and that mentality, and we're going to give you a plan that we feel like is going to have an impact on what they do well. See, I think that's... That's one thing that's lacking at OSU. And I that's the reason that I said going into the Texas game that Texas would win is because Texas just had grit, had fight. And I knew that the longer the game went on and it was it was a close game and 
And, you know, it could go either way. I was like, man, Texas is not going to lose this. That's where they want to be. They want to be that team that's just like, let's go to overtime. Let's go to four overtimes. Let's go to six overtimes, you know. Right. And they're going to find a way to win. <clears throat> and like you said, I just think that, that that's what OSU is missing is that grit, that that willingness to just fight and grind it out and get the win. And it's not – it's just on the offense. Yeah. Well, it, it, it doesn't help when you have depth issues on the offensive line. That's where your mentality yeah. – of those things comes from. And they have, like you said, they have it on defense. Right. Uh, they have some veteran guys there at the linebacker position on the defensive line. Uh, but with those injuries and all of the other circumstances that have uh, put the the offensive line and ultimately the offense in the position that it is to not be able to have that mentality to go in there and want to get into a fist fight, well, then you have what, what ends up happening is you can't move anybody. Your attitude is not what it needs to be. Right. Mm. Uh, and, you know, when you come up against a team like OU that is right now firing on, on all cylinders, I yep. mean, you saw it, and, and they're, they're a hot team right now yep. uh, with some of the guys that they've been able to get back and some of the guys that have gotten experience uh, from those guys being out. It's, I mean, it was – I didn't enjoy watching it. But as a football coach, I enjoy watching and seeing, you know, what like they were able to yeah, do. Yeah, 100%. Outcoached 100% in this game. No one is surprised by that crap. Yeah, no. Like, no, nobody is. No one is. I'm not looking at this game and thinking, I can't believe they lost it. I'm looking at this game and thinking, I can't believe y'all walked in Memorial Stadium. You looked around the place, did a full 360 scan of the building, and then you just took your hands and just pulled your pants down, <laughs> right? <laughs> and just downward dog at the 50-yard line. Grab an ankle. For four quarters, <laughs> right? Led by, led by the coach. Like, I don't wow. understand what that is in this game. Yeah. I don't understand it. I'm trying – the fight. I'm here for the fight. I wanted to see the fight, and there was no fight. How yeah. long and I'm, I was embarrassed. There? I was embarrassed leaving that stadium on Saturday because there wasn't a fight. Is this – 17, 18 years for Gundy. 17? No, it's not. Is it 15, 15 or 16? 16? 16? I, thought yeah. I thought he was like 2 and 15. Maybe it was two wins in 15. Whatever it is. <laughs> he's, uh, like, I, you, I'm, I got a I'm theory. Broken. I think he's yeah. been setting this up for a long time because <clears throat> nobody knows, nobody ever expects Gundy to run any kind of a fake punt or kick or onside kick or he here it comes he's, next year. He said he's setting it up Every for fucking years. play. <laughs> <laughs> He's a chess player. He's a strategist, sir. It's coming next year. That is hilarious. This man. year, pie to the face. Cowboy hat, it is what it is. Next year, it's your year. You get to crush our dreams next year. Yeah. I mean, there, there hasn't been a special teams coach in Stillwater since Defoe, by the way. Yeah. They don't have one. They don't have one. Like, what does that mean? It's not what is good. that? Like, Two weeks to prepare for the team that you shouldn't beat. You would think that special teams. This is what I'm talking about. You think special teams would play a part in that? A throwback, it, like yeah, like something. You got to have one of those in your back. A couple of them at this point in the season. You got to have a couple of right. those in your back pocket, right? Especially for the biggest game of the year. That's the, the deciding factor on you going to the Big Twelve Championship and possibly the playoffs, right? Or not. Like this dude, there's like a history of this. I mean, two years ago in Norman, was it two years ago when he iced his own team? Barry Sanders is out there. Remember that? He had that long kickoff return. 
And then Mason, this is like with four, a minute 30 left to go on the clock. Kid brings it back to like the 40, right? Mason goes deep to James Washington. You remember this? Washington, they're on like the 30-yard line. There's 45 seconds to go. And this cat kneels. And I'm like, yeah. But I'm in the stands because I can't sit in the press box because I get kicked out. <laughs> I'm in the stands losing my, my people are walking down the stairs to go to the concession stands, right? Like they're done. Like the half is over or whatever. And I'm like, there's so much time on the clock. And you got this kid out there that's supposed to be an NFL quarterback. Throw the Blitnikoff winning. Throw the, throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. Throw the ball into the end. It's just he can't, he can't do it. He can't. Rob Stoops broke Mike Gundy. Broke Dang. him. Like he, there's just no fixing it. There's no coming back from it. Your brother said it on air. On Saturday, he'll never win the game again. He'll never win Bedlam again. Oh boy, he's he's semi-retired. Yes, did you and, hear his post game stuff, Josh? He's setting it up. Uh-uh. He's going to win I'll next say- year. Walk off of that field and never coach again. He won't even coach a bowl game. He'll be fucking dumb. three in sixteen years. Yep, he'll be like I'm out. Off into the sunset, <laughs> and and millions of dollars. I'm out stealing from the university. At this point, Winning. like I would have told you that Mike Gundy from 2006 to 2011 when he went, was one of the hottest young coaches in college football. He was energetic and engaged. He seemed like a player's coach. The brand is bigger than it's ever been. And something happened at 2011 where instead of taking that next step because you won a conference championship and now the recruiting is better and now their people are more engaged and now there's an expectation for you. How exactly do we from that moment level out, and then just dive bomb. Like, they are – it is a downward trajectory for an Oklahoma State team that's got top nah, 20. Bro. No. Nah, they won seven games last nah. year – or two years ago, nine games this last year. This is the worst era of Big 12 football ever from 2009 until probably a year ago. Oklahoma, punch drunk. They're way – they are ready to be knocked out from being the king of this conference. They didn't Wait, have, who? OU what? didn't have defense for two whole years. What? Didn't have a defense. Yeah, what? No. Did not have a defense. It wasn't we, there. I mean, no it was tough, but uh, Bro, waiting to like get one. punched out? At the top, the king the king of the conference is at the top and looked weak for the first time in 15 years. Okay, I hear you on that. And they don't yeah. take advantage of it. We were and still then, in the playoffs, though. Right. No, that, yeah. I don't know if you yeah like, I, 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 I'm with you I think I think they had they th- three Heisman trophies <laughs> exactly well, like two and then a runner up well, I mean look I'll, the even last three a, years I'll give you but the the years prior to that like you're talking 2009 to 2015 Oklahoma was absolutely able to be toppled they the, really we were. had one year when we were what eight and five when yeah. we played in the Sun Bowl y- yes. Yeah. And that like, that would have been a year. Mike Stoops, and then the defense couldn't get it back together. Bob Stoops retires in the middle of the year. Lincoln comes in and resurges this whole thing. So from the time Lincoln Riley got on campus, it's been nothing but upward trajectory. Yeah. But that last three three years of Bob, bro, wasn't looking great. And it just seemed like at that moment, Mike Gundy had the ability to, be, to take that throne, and for a couple of years at least. But instead, we got Art Bryles taking it. We got we got uh, old boy down there at. Uh, Gary Patterson getting it done, and then Holgerson got close yeah. with West Virginia, and like it just—I think there's Rule a lot to be said close. about what Mike Gundy has done at LSU. I think there's—I don't want to—I'm obviously an OU guy, obviously, but where OSU is now, if you just speak specifically about the brand of OSU, right, compared to where it was when he when he started, like it's a world of difference. Like he can actually recruit outside the state now. He can actually 
you know, compete. Like, I mean, what? how many 10-win seasons has he had? There's three in this decade, right? I think I three or four. There's more than that. Three or four. Seemed like it was every look, other look, year. He, okay, look, I'll say this. Gundy, Gundy's the winningest coach at Oklahoma State history. He deserves a statue outside the place. Yeah. Right? There, that's going to happen for with, him. With the mullet. Yes, with the mullet. <laughs> the reality is, if it wasn't Being for held in the arms of Les Miles, yeah. Boom Pickens, <laughs> if it wasn't for Mike Holder, if it wasn't for Terry Don Phillips, if it wasn't for a slew of men away from the field, and not to mention on the field, and Larry Fedora, Dana Holgerson. Like, think about Gundy... Gundy at some point decided he wanted to take the – I don't think he was hiring his first – I don't think Mike Gundy hired his first three offensive coordinators because what happened after Holgerson was Shippensburg University. Do you know where that is, Josh? I've never heard yeah, of it. It's a liberal arts went. school in western Pennsylvania. They have 13,000 students. That dude's salary was $35,000 a year when he became the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. I saw this movie last night. It's called Marshall. <laughs> Bring Jack Trice in from Wooster. Yeah. Bro, I saw this movie last night. <laughs> I hate that, that you're not a, wrong. That's a real story. That's a real story. Yeah. This dude, he found him on YouTube. So, Josh, this is Mike hey, Gundy's Mike, problem, I need right? Yeah. This is his problem. Mike Gundy is, look, <laughs> look, Gundy is, he's winning games. Quarterbacks are being developed. Offense is being talked about, right? But it's not the Mike Gundy offense is being talked about. It's Larry Fedora's offense. It's Todd Munkin's offense. And it's Daniel Holgerson's offense. He gets what he learns from those three. You take all those years, and now you have the Mike Gundy offense. And he hands it over to a guy that he knows is never going to leave, right? That he knows he can bully around, that he knows that he's got a yes man in there. Mm. And, and that dude sat there and did what? Win a bunch of games against a bunch of bad teams. Like Oklahoma State beat a bunch of bad teams for years. I get it. You get 10 wins, but they're not good, and there's no meaningful games there. Like, there's no meaningful games. And it's like, the smoke screen around it is he's so successful, and I give him credit for that and maintaining. Maintaining's hard in college football. I get it. But it's like everybody wants to act like this. They can't. They couldn't have done this without Mike Gundy. Well, and in my I, opinion, I, is I they could have. I agree with them. That they couldn't have? I, here's the deal. I don't think – I think Mike Gundy was, and he might be coming to the end of it, but it's perfect for OSU. Because it's a place where you're going to get great coaches, and if they have any type of success, they're out of there. Mike Gundy right. may have changed that. He may have Don't changed it. Don't you think that we could have – I think where I disagree with this is in 2004, that was accurate, right? Because there was no facilities. There was no path to becoming a consistent top 25 team. You didn't have a foundation for it. Yeah. By 2010, that was not – the truth in 2010, if I looked at you, Josh Norman, and I said, you can be the head coach of Oklahoma state. This is their infrastructure. You would look at it and say, well, damn, that's a better infrastructure than 90% of college football programs. So you might want to you might have aspirations to coach in the sec or one of the blue blood programs calls and they want you to hire you. Then yeah, they're going to leave for those jobs. But I don't know that there's 15 coach jobs right now from a facility and infrastructure standpoint, that are better than Oklahoma State's. No, I, I disagree. And, and what, facility wise, you might be true. You might be correct. You might be correct on the infrastructure of, you know, support from, from school administration, yeah. athletic Donor, administration, yeah. all the way down. Yeah, that might be correct. But the truth is, if I'm the head coach at Oklahoma State and I go on to win the Big Twelve championship and compete in the playoffs, and 
Michigan State comes calling. Oh, I'm just saying, like it's a, it's real? a Big Ten team. No. Like I'm I'm that's the and, and issue that's not, of the Big Ten though. But I think I think that it's perceived as as a step up. I don't, but I don't know anything about 15, Michigan State's infrastructure. It was, but now I think it's uh, a I, lateral move at this point. I think he's built the I brand agree. up to you, that. You're correct. You are correct. He has personally, I think that's what he's saying. He has built that brand up to where that is now a lateral move. Yes. You could have got. That is true. Maybe, you know, Big 12 championship or something faster and plateaued plateaued faster, but that coach would have used it for a stepping stool to yep. go somewhere else. Less miles. Gundy was the answer to do what LSU. he's done. I know, but. That's LSU, though. But LSU wasn't. Now I think LSU, it's the getting LSU to a point today, where then. it's. It's the Bob factor. It's ran its course. It's plateaued. He's got it to where it needed to be. It's time for somebody to come take it to that next level. Will someone, though? Like, does that caliber of coach take that OSU job? I don't think it's a person that's already there. Like, we got fortunate with, I think it's, they're going to have to go get a guy. And whoever he brings in, he brings in. Maybe he keeps some guys there. But from my perspective, that's what I would think. If you want to keep on that trajectory that's the next step yeah i agree with that but what i guess my argument is who's that guy and if that guy is the guy can you keep him to stay can, can you stay? get him keep to come him. and can you can keep get him? him to come but i don't know if he's if if people look at oklahoma state as a destination i agree and that is the i think that is the issue i think coach gundy has made and it, it's obviously a destination for him. He said it when he got hired. This is his New York Yankees job, and he's done a great job up until this point. Holding the school <laughs> hostage. <laughs> they he, there was five years that he interviewed for a different job every year. Yeah. But let's not let's not blow this out of proportion. Like he he lost. I mean, like what happened last week is not out of the norm, and I don't mean to say that. In a in a disrespectful way, I'm just saying like let's not let's not freak out because like they're still having a solid year. <laughs> I'm sorry, like they are. And this this yeah. is, I, man, you're saying a lot of stuff that I agree with, and it's so. This would be a ten and two year. This would be a ten and two year any it's other t- year. Exactly. Yeah. It's tough because you're constantly looking at a blue blood program like OU and in comparison to them or in Alabama, any program is going to not look as or not shine as bright. Yes. Um, but <laughs> in saying that it, it, it's go ahead, Sam, go ahead. No, I know no, you're, you're chopping at the bit. I just, what, what are you asking? What my expectations are? Yeah, what they is have it? a post on it. Well, man. no, they have a post, but what I'm saying is consistently beating OU is that is no. that the expectation, or no. is it going out and competing with them every year and beating them five out of ten ten times that you play them? I do is that. I look. The problem is. I'm mad about some old stuff because the window is <laughs> okay. the window okay. is closed. Yeah, like there is no beating Oklahoma anymore, right? No. Like the, these dudes in the next two, Oklahoma is going to win a national title in the next three years. They are going to. It wouldn't surprise me if they did it next year. Yeah, when you could look at the the quarterback situation at Clemson, 
I think that Mac kid from Alabama is probably going to dip. You're probably gonna, you're, you lose fields to the draft. So your top five teams, you might have four of them looking for new quarterbacks, yeah. which they might have some sawed-off freshmen there that lights the world on fire, but they won't be Spencer Rattler. Yeah. For the first time, you got a defense. They got a bunch of kids coming in the back in this deal that will bolster that secondary. And I'm talking some dudes, six foot two, NFL caliber players yeah. that know they they will play immediately. Right? Everybody knows these things. And look, they could miss. It couldn't be. It might not be perfect, but if they get that D line to come back and they get those that line offensive line to come back, including Creed, these dudes will absolutely be playing for a title next year. Yeah. So I don't think that Oklahoma State is will ever be get to that level. Lincoln Riley's on a trajectory to be the greatest high school, college football coach of all, all time. That's the trajectory he's on. That dude's been to f- f- four semifinal games. He's been one game away from a national title in his first four years. He's 36 I mean, years his, old. His worst year is, what, three losses? Yeah. Two losses? He's 35. Yeah. Like, that dude is I on mean, a trajectory. The path that he's on right now, if he can – he, re- he renovated their their social media. He comes in and changes the recruiting game. Oklahoma is now recruiting nationally again. Yeah. You no. know why Nebraska's unknown? Because Nebraska can't recruit anywhere but Minnesota. Like <laughs> he they, didn't, and they he didn't have that stepping stone job where he had to – Work to get to five hundred. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right. Yeah, he's so, just. Yeah. I mean, he's they, just jumped up there. On yeah. the so, like the next step says, if you look at from year one to where he's at now, he's taking these giant leaps. This year, right now, is a huge year for him. Yeah, you lose two games, no one gives a crap. Yeah, you lose two games, but look at the product that's going to be on the field at the end of this season. Exactly. And imagine what a spring and a summer looks like for that team. Exactly. Those, they got and that dudes. was the deal. It's like so, they're so young, and I think this is where a lot of people missed a mark on, on Judge and OU this year, especially after those two losses, is that you're talking about a young team, extremely young, who did not have a spring and then right. summer and training camp was like, all right, we're on today, we're off tomorrow on right. the day. And so – They were like, fat. Yeah, they had they had yes. to go through those those first three games and that was like their – that was their spring, yeah. you know, and they and and now you see it's a monster. Yeah, now they're yeah. They're so like, I don't, there. I don't think that beating no one beats Oklahoma. Like that's just the reality to it. They kill the conference every year. My my expectation for Mike Gundy is to be the leader of the program, to be talking about Oklahoma State football. His press conference after that game, you know, all Mike had to say is, you know what, we went out there and the the kids fought today. You know, I didn't I didn't care for our plan. It is what it is. I'm looking forward to next week. Instead, he's giving me two. Like someone asked him, a media member actually asked that dude if he was burnt out, bro. Wow! Instead of saying, yeah. "Heck no, I love Oklahoma State. I'm happy here. It this was is my like home. the longest." It answer was a ever. two minute, <laughs> two whole minute bumbling, stumbling, fumbling over himself. Oh wow! He's done and tired. I mean, he answered it at the very end. Yeah, but like listening to it, it was awkward. Like it was, was like this guy doesn't. He he was trying to figure out the, the he way just to, wants the to right go way home. to say it to not give it away, and yes. it took him two minutes yeah. to get it took to him two minutes to get. It's to like he's either going <laughs> fishing or he wants to go home and cry into like, a pillow. Like just, there's no in between right now. My my frustration comes is because Oklahoma State had top ten facilities. They had momentum. They had the media. They had the look. They had the flair. They had NFL players on that team. And we get a Mason Rudolph senior season where Sports Illustrated says semifinal bound for the Cowboys. They lose three home games that year. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's – it's – it's Mike has got a – he's got a big game problem. And it's not like, a, oh, they light the world on fire and – uh, they just get in big games and like it's like he can't he didn't even engage you know what I mean like there's no engagement in big games it's like he can't handle it yeah but let me tell you something what he's gonna do and I'm mad about this last week because there was no game plan and you're never gonna tell me any, like could you imagine taking the field with that offensive game plan on Saturday 
what did you think was going to happen? Like, what did you think was... T- tell me... Is, 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 weeks, is this the same OC that's from the uh, the one college? Casey Dunn. No, no. Different oh, dude. Different okay. dude. They've okay. had two dudes since that. that you want to hear some crazy stuff, Josh? <laughs> what this, happened this to coaching. that guy? This is coaching for you. Doesn't this... I don't think that Shippensburg called a play in Stillwater. I really don't. And if he did, he called half, right? Doesn't that dude fail up to Ohio State? Ohio State hires him. Ryan Day has him on staff for one year. Ryan Day can't fire him because he looks like an asshole in his first year. He fires his offensive, his passing coordinator. So what he does do is allow that kid to go interview from other places. So doesn't Tom Herman down come plays in Texas right now? That kid went from Shippensburg making $35,000 to getting half a million in Stillwater to being hired at Ohio State and wow. now calling plays in Texas. Someone needs to write a book about Chippensburg. So he's the I want to know it all. He's the one that was calling those plays against against y'all. Who? Yeah, yes, Chippensburg was. Uh-huh. Ain't that a kick in the <laughs> so, I just can't take it. Here's I'm my sorry. question. Does he not call the plays until five minutes left in the fourth, or is that when he starts calling? Exactly. I think he's let Casey Dunn do his do his job this year. It's looked a lot different, right? It's again. I go back to the injuries on the offensive line and the and the issues that they had. When you know Sam, when you can't move, you know anybody, better than I do. You got hit a lot my I, senior year. Yeah, it's it, yeah. When you can't move anybody, you have young guys in there that probably need another year or two. Uh, it doesn't matter how good Tylen Wallace is. It doesn't ha- matter Look, how good. I'm with you, yeah. but how about some? Y'all are coaches. Like, if I got two weeks for this, and I know I cannot get in my traditional offense and run the football or do anything I want to do, why wouldn't you just – any? I'm talking Google Stack Eye. I'm being dead serious. You got two weeks to show them something they've never seen before. Yeah. You could put a whole Stack Eye offense with eight run plays in and two passing plays, literally, yeah. and run two tight ends, up back, full back, running back, and Tylen Wallace is out there split out to the right or left. And now you get to run all these quick hitting routes. You force those linebackers to cover. You can run the triple option out of that, right? You can run all kinds of shit to, out of that offense. And Oklahoma will have literally, you line up in it, they're like, what the hell? What is this? And yeah. then you dink and dunk and slowly, methodically move down the field. And let's say you run 10, 12 plays and don't score at all. Guess what? Win for Oklahoma State. Yeah. Let's say you go 10, 12 plays and you get a field goal. Bigger win, right? Yeah. If you score, holy shit. We scored a touchdown, See, and now this game's a four-quarter game, and it's a, or it's a three-and-a-half-quarter game. Yeah. They didn't have a – they didn't do anything. But here's here's the issue with that. If they did that, they would not live that down if they came out in a completely separate offense. You know, offensive coordinators can't do that. Offensive coordinators are looked at as uh, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, schizophrenic. If you come out in a different, completely different offense, people are like what, what, right? And the second thing that I think, like I know coming into this year, OSU was touted to have like the, one of the best offensive lines in the in the nation. In the, well, in the conference, but then they lo- they get lost a guy to retirement, right? And then the one kid. Like what? That's what I was wondering. Like what happened? Like yeah, what was, happened? Was that a concussion deal or a COVID deal? I don't deal? know if it was a, a concussion or what the deal. He just retired. Yeah, just retired. And he then, the, and then the one kid, the Bray kid from retired, team, you, as in quit the quit football. Like he just done, done playing football. Like not that I'm, he's going to go somewhere else. He just done. I'm mad they said retired. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I look. 
All right, Marcus Dupree's story. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one that gets mad as hell when Marcus Dupree's on my radio station talking about his life, and I'm like, bro, you couldn't cut it. Like, you didn't finish. Oh, wow. Like, that's how I feel about that story. Yeah. Like, I got a bunch of brothers who, we did, this is before indoor facilities. All right, we're out there dying in Stillwater on these practices, yeah. losing 16, 17 pounds a day. No, you couldn't make it. To, like, I don't, I don't understand the story. Yeah, yeah. So I'm with you. Retired, quit, whatever. You couldn't cut it. Yeah. And then they had the kid from Bigsby uh, dip, right, who went back to Tulsa. So that's two right there. And then they lose a the kid to injury, I think, in the first game against Tulsa. I think they had two guys transfer. Oh, yeah, yeah, they two, had two yeah, guys. So three guys gone down. Well, why did those was, guys transfer? Like, I think there's a lot to be said about that. Like, what was the – One of them, I can't even – we'll say one was COVID-related uh, in a way that is the most absurd story you will ever hear in your entire life, and I cannot uh, – and this is a podcast, and I'm a big mouth open. I'll tell you anything. I'm not going to tell you this story. Gotcha. Like, that kid, <laughs> the kid, one of them was ridiculous. I don't know what the other one was that transfer uh, – but I know the other kid retired. Like they just, and this has happened like the last ten years. I feel like a couple of years ago they had a kid retired due to injury, and then one just quit playing because he wanted to go be a lawyer somewhere in Houston. Yeah. Like these are starters. Well, we, we had a guy that was going to be a starter that retired. Remember Josh Tucker? I do remember Josh. But yeah. he, like, when he retired, his dad was like passing the like roofing company down Over to, to him, him or something, yeah. so, something like that. Yeah. But I mean, but, Tucker would have played on Sunday. That dude was good. Yeah. I guess I have an issue with the word retired. Yeah. 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 I guess like they're, they're, they're really using that word. Yeah. That's what, that was what was thrown out there. Yeah. Interesting. He's gotcha. Taking his talents elsewhere. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. I think that it is, uh, you know, the, once again, the Bedlam conversation is what it is. They lost. Yeah. I'm going to wear that stupid hat and get this cheesecake in my face here in a minute. Oh, uh, but my hand just, Mike Gundy's done a great like, job. You just man. don't feel like you don't feel like there's any like they could have come up with any like just I get it. You don't want to change your whole off, but come on. It happened so fast. It did. It it really and that, did. That's the thing and I know just from a game plan perspective that coach Gundy had something planned offensively. But you look up and you're down 14 nothing. And as I was watching it as a defensive coach, I was like, I've watched OU play. I've never seen these plays. And it was, I mean, as a as a coordinator, you're scrambling, trying to get guys in the right position, trying to get get them coached up so that you I mean, can we we had no chance at all in that first yeah. quarter. And it was so glaring that, you know, he had that extra week. I mean, yeah. it was it was a nightmare. As I was watching, I knew that Coach Knowles was – he had – He had know, to get out of what they do best. Because a lot of the stuff that they was, that, that they were winning on was man beaters. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. OSU, they, they, they like to go man free. They like to go zero. And Lincoln was exploiting that. Yeah. With all of the so guys out the back. what does Mike Gundy get paid for then? Like that dude was a $5 million well, that, coach before he acted a fool this summer. Well, that's, <laughs> Sweet mullet. You, you can't – it's, it it was no way to prepare for what happened in that first quarter. Yeah, I mean, you can hope to kind of, you know, not not get your head completely cut off. You know, you hope it's a, a just a bad yeah. cut, but we well, got a head completely cut off. I mean, yeah, I, I, and then the interception, you know, makes it twenty one nothing. And by that time, you know, you saw Oklahoma State kind of settle in. In, in the second quarter yeah. and did some good yeah. things and got them off the field a couple of times. Yeah. That's the stuff that OU had put on tape. But all of the stuff before that, yeah. right. 
I mean, and it Mike, was. And Mike Tyson I, said it best, man. Yeah, it, everybody go. got a plan to go. get hit in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And so, to his point, I'm sure. I'm sure the offense had a great plan coming into the game on how they were going to attack OU's defense, but it completely changed when you're down 21-0. Yeah. Like, I mean, at minutes. that point, do you continue to to feed the rock? And I mean, OU was playing some good defense too. Oh yeah. And no, so that I, just put them that put them in a really bad, really bad spot. So so the the group is telling me that after that 21 points, the only thing that Oklahoma State could do is just no. I think it was the addition of just of, let it, let it happen. The addition of losing your quarterback mm-hmm. compounded yeah. the issue. I don't think they lost that dude because they wouldn't put him back in the game. Like you legally, and to, if you took a boy off a high school field that had a head injury and took his helmet and put him back in the game, hey, you, you lose everything that you. You're you done. are correct on that one. Right. So, so I, don't I can't know imagine what that that dude. When they said it was a head injury, and he goes, well, "Come back." They pulled him. This is how dumb this is. They pulled that kid to put in Illingworth, who has never run a day in his life. Like I don't, I don't know that kid. Does he run sprints? I can't. You can't tell. <laughs> it's tough like, watching him run. It's so then. So now. Here he comes, and if I'm on the OU defensive line, I'm having a hard time not humping air in the middle of the field. <laughs> because it's like, oh, give me that cookie. Here yeah. That boy's not running anywhere. Yeah. Ellingsworth is in the game for five minutes and now has PTSD. He is throwing the ball to spaces on the field. His first drive was good, though, and man. And then what happened? He got hit five times and blacked out. And he looked like post-Super Bowl <laughs> Joe Flacco. Or, <laughs> or Neil O'Donnell, Super Bowl whatever against the Dallas Cowboys, where he was just throwing the ball to Cowboys. Like, yeah. That yeah. kid wasn't even throwing to rec- – like, you got Tylen Wallace one-on-one. Throw it to throw it to both of them. Like, I would rather you throw the ball to where the OU defender is at because those boys can't cover that well. And let's see if Tylen go get it. He wasn't even hitting the big target of both of them. Like, I, what are you doing out there? Yeah. So then here comes Sanders, who clearly was concussed after Perkins ragdolled him for the third time in that game with their offensive lineman standing there slack-jawed like, I don't know. What are you, are you going to say something to that guy? Well, are you going to say something to that? I don't want to I mean, at that point, it's, it's too late, don't you think? No. Like, it starts it's at the snap. It's never too late. If I was down by 50 I'm telling you, I'm going to assault a dude that treats him like that. No, I'm saying, I'm I'm not saying that at that point in the game. I'm saying at that point of the play, if if I'm an offensive lineman, I punch, he beats me, he sacks my quarterback and ragdolls. It's not the sack. It's not the sack. It's the extended sack. It's the dis, and then the stand over him. And then the mouth at him when he goes back yeah. to the huddle. Yeah, I know. To me, the I'm guy like, that got his ass whipped during all this. <laughs> exactly. That's what, what I'm at saying. At what like, point do you let this keep going or do something about it? Exactly. That's what I'm uh, saying. Like, if I'm a coach yeah. and I see that, okay, yeah, protect your quarterback, but why the crap won't you, like, literally well, protect you your quarterback? Your I'm mad over about here. that, too. Now come I'm over mad here. About that too. Stay in front of him. Yeah. Cut him. Do, do something. Act like a log. I don't care what it is. Get Find the, a way to get in his get way. Get a yellow a flag thrown at you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, like grab, I grab something and, right now, and hold Perrigan on to Winfrey, it. Winfrey, that dude, he would have known our names real quick. Aiken would have called a high-low. He would have called Navy, and we would have tried to blow that dude's knee off his body. Oh, that's messed And then up, stood on and said, hey, hey, just so you know, <laughs> keep coming that hard. We're going to do it every play. Right? We're going to take the penalties. Like, we're going to take that penalty. And Les Miles would accept that penalty. I know why you did that. Cool. Marcus Tubbs, Tommy Harris, Dusty Dvorak, Tank Reese. Uh, the list of hits goes on and on and on. Like, Great find players. a way. Find a way yeah. to impact them in any way, shape, or form and make them understand that, yeah, you might be great, 
but there's a whole lot of us and we're just grimy. Yeah. There, there's no, there was no fight there. And that's not my Gundy. That's those dudes. Like this is a game that my dad would have called me and said, you need to take my name off your back. Oh, wow. Straight up. He told me that yeah. after my first game, my first start, he said, tell the equipment manager to if take I was my Spencer name. Sanders. And then called the equipment team, called them and asked them if they would take my name off the back of my Jersey. <laughs> They're like, he can't go out there without I him. do yeah. not want to be associated with him. That's yeah. look, what were you saying so about that, Spencer Sanders? Man, I was, if I was Spencer Sanders, I would have went to, like, Foot Locker or somewhere and got, like, five of them little blue rape whistles <laughs> and gave them to my linemen and been like, hey, next time you get your ass kicked, I need a heads up before I get decapitated back here. Just blow the fucking whistle. That's all I got to do. I'm just going to throw that out there. And then the second thing, I mean, when you got – Lincoln Riley, one of the greatest offensive minds of our generation, coming off of a bye week, yeah, he's gonna score that first drive. So you're already down seven, and you're in Norman, so you're basically down fourteen right there. I mean, the shit just hit the fan, man. I mean, the call could have went either way on the interception, but I mean, they still got to go eighty fucking yards to not be down to, you know. (laughs) It just well, it wasn't. It good. was tough to overcome, man. When you got to change that. your whole offensive game plan in the first six minutes of the game, it fucks things up. Yeah. What you What do you think he does? Lincoln runs the table clearly. Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, there's there's no brainer about that. As far as Oklahoma State, you think they run the table? They should. And you know what's crazy? It's a great season if they do. Like I'm yeah. mad about I'm mad about OU and I'm mad about Texas. I'm not mad that they lost to OU. I'm mad they didn't fight. Who who uh, who does OSU have this week? Texas is a Texas. They tech. got TCU, Tech, and it's one other game. Baylor, Baylor. Yeah, yeah, they should be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, and you know, I, I think that uh, you got to commend any coach that survives COVID, any coach that can, yeah. you know, do what yeah. they've done. I mean, I'm, my frustration is, uh, you know, the Texas game they shouldn't have lost. They just shouldn't have. Uh, and then the, the Oklahoma game, it's just a pride thing for me more than anything. Like I know no I'm, I'm loud and ridiculous and all those things but it's just a i just remember my head coach and the conversations we had before bedlam like that tuesday that first day in pads but less was a dude like dude you know different types of kids then yeah. like less was running 1300 1400 live snaps in spring <clears throat> live like full like y'all weren't running 1400 live snaps in spring because y'all would have said probably not probably not i mean blue bloods don't do that five-star recruits don't do that four star, huh? but 1400 live snaps in the spring <laughs> that's why less went down to lsu and failed because those kids were like, mm Like, that's why Texas isn't good anymore. Those kids aren't doing those things. Well, Les made us feel like these we These kids different these days. Right. Les said that we could bully our way into the Big 12 table. And that's what Bedlam was for me. It's a place mm-hmm. at the table. Yeah. And we sat there with OU and Texas and Kansas State and Colorado and Missouri with Brad Smith. And we sat there as kings of college football. Yeah. Like, this, this league offered, like, I promise you, in a – Conference on conference in 2002, 2003, yeah, the Big 12 is not – there's no competition. No question. None. I mean, we are wrecking shop in college football. Yeah. Uh, from top to – from top to probably – I mean, our worst team was Baylor and Kansas. Mm-hmm. But the next 10 yeah. were legit – like, had something to yeah. offer. So, like, yeah, there's, a, to play there's a pride in it. And yep. it just didn't seem like that team felt like they belonged. And I felt like – in the last 15 years, Oklahoma State has at least earned that respect, gotcha. that they belong gotcha. at the top of the conference. And it didn't feel that way to me on, on Saturday. I felt like here comes Kansas, and I hate that feeling. I yeah. hate feeling, um, you know, helpless 
Like, that's what watching, you know, Vince Young is like at times. It's like helpless watching that kid run down the field. What do you do to stop that, you know? Yeah. And it just, I haven't felt like that in a long time. And I left there just pissed about it because yeah. it's just like, it, this is not what it needs to be. Yeah. And it just seems like with that, I, I just don't know that they're as motivated as they used to be. And who knows? I think Gundy's got five more years if he wants it. I really do. Like, if, if say they go, they win eight this year and eight next year. And, you know, say he averages eight or nine games the next five years. He coaches his kid. And man, he's probably done, right? As the longest tenured coach in college football, I promise you at that time, if Nick Saban has retired, you would assume he would in the next five years step down? Yeah, no. Maybe not. But it just uh, it just seems like we're on that Tony Romo trajectory where it's just like right here, right? I mean, just that level flat line. And it's just... It's, Great comparison. It just sucks, you know? Like it's the master of mediocrity. And it just, I don't know that it's ever, without taking risk, I don't know that you can get out of it. Like that's the thing that Oklahoma State has to do. You got to take risk. You got to be yeah. different. You got to dare to be bold. Yeah. Right. You have to walk up to the biggest dogs in the fight and poke them in the chest and say, hey, we're down here, but we're still here. I've said it before. I think Gundy needs to go back and watch Bob's like first four or five years of film and see what he does in those situations. Right. I mean, there's a reason they called him Big Game Bob. I yeah. mean, dude had some balls. Yeah. yeah. I mean, going for it all the time. Fuck, we would be coming off the field and we were like, are we going for it? Yeah, right. exactly. Fucking know. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I think there was a time that Mike had a little bit of, of that in him. Uh, you know, there was a time where Mike had to be told to face forward. He was over there working with the offense on the side like he's engaged. He'll give me that Mike Gundy. Yeah, he's not that guy. No. No. He's not anymore. I actually noticed that in the uh, the Texas game. And, you know, he just – he's right here. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's it. Stoic. <laughs> yeah. How do you – how are you stoic on a football field? Yeah. Like, I'm up in the press boxes. You're cutting, covering Putnam City North. And I'm losing – I have to turn my mic off during the game yeah. because I'm losing my – it's football. It's a passionate thing played by passionate men. Yeah. And there's just no passion in Stillwater. Yeah. Man, I want to ask you guys, do we see Shane Illingsworth in these next three games if it's not a blowout situation? If I'm Spencer Sanders, I'm bouncing for sure because Gundy's most success has always been with statues, right? It's yeah. Brandon Whedon. It's Mason Rudolph. Like he's had, he's done a good job with, uh, uh, who followed you? It was, uh, Zach, Zach Robinson, Robinson and like, he's done a good job managing those guys. He can find a way to win with those dudes, but Gundy wants a kid to stand back there and just throw the rock. The problem is Gundy has not had an offensive line since Wickline left. And it's not necessarily his fault. It is weird quittings. It's injuries. It's, and then he's had five different offensive line coaches. I feel like in the last five years or four, literally four. Mm -hmm. So some consistency up front. And Illingworth makes sense to me as far as Gundy is concerned. Are they saying he's going to start this week? I don't know, man. I wouldn't be surprised. I probably – I probably. the thing is they just can't protect the kid. Did they ever come yeah. out and say what was wrong with Spencer? I think Did they – when he went out in the game, he um, – they just – I think they were looking for an opportunity to get Illingworth in there. Yeah. Um, I'd heard a lot of rumblings about it last week, but, I mean – on paper, you'd think Spencer gives you the best shot to win. And he, I, he, he does. does. He does. He does. Yeah. And I think in a better situation with – if you're in a better situation offensive line-wise, you see that. Yeah. Um, you know, Spencer is still a young player. Exactly. I mean, he, yeah. he still has a very high ceiling. Yep. And – Third offensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah. And when you, as a young that player, hurts. man, especially at the quarterback position, I can attest to it. I mean, you need those games 
to help you become the football player that you need to become, especially at the quarterback position. And with turning over the ball with uh, different offensive coordinators, with uh, spotty offensive line play, all of those things uh, can hinder the growth of a young quarterback. And I think that's what he's dealing with. When I look at him and I see him throw the ball, I see him run, I see him compete. I think he's the guy. I really yeah. do. And Illingsworth does some good things. He'll be a Mason Rudolph type guy. He'll be a guy that can go in there uh, for a year or two and, and have a future on Sundays. But right now and moving forward the next year or two, I really think Spencer Sanders is the best. I, I, I think he'll be a guy that, that'll have an opportunity to play on Sundays. I, I agree. I think, I think the issue is are the expectations of Spencer. Like, I, I feel like – Okay, we got us – not we, but, you know, OSU is saying we have us a great defense mm-hmm. championship. We, right, man. No, we, no, no. Hey, come, no. On, come on over I'm, here. I'm, 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 <laughs> no. I'm, I'm speaking in first person here. Uh, but <clears throat> second person. What is it? Second person? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Third. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag football players. Uh, anyway, I, I think they look at themselves and they say, all right, we have us a great defense, a championship caliber defense. Uh, we got a guy who has great ability in Spencer Sanders. Let's turn him loose. Right. But I, he's not He's not ready for that yet. To be turned loose. I agree. I think he, he still needs to work within, um, you know, a, a, a limited uh, play calling uh, um, from the offensive coordinator where he just does what, he's, what, he's, what he does best, you know. And, and I think that that's, you know, uh, outside of handing the ball off to, to, uh, to Hubbard, is um, doing some stuff in the quarterback run game and then, you know, quick game and taking shots down the field. Like, I think that's where he is right now. I don't think he can sit back there and go through multiple reads and, you know, and deliver the ball accurately, uh, you know, under under duress and and be able to control his emotions throughout Even the game. if he's mentally there, he can't with the offensive line he has. That I mean, well. they got to yeah. go with – with zone reads and options and, and yep. moving the pocket, yep. I mean, that's going to help his line and him. No that's, question. No question. I, mean, I think they just put too much on him, man. They they have – their expectations of him are too high right now for where he is. And I, like Donovan said, he's he's a young – he's still young. Right. Has, and, he, has he played 15 games yet? I think he's 13. It's at 15 now, yeah. See, this is my theory. Like, I, I came up with this theory years ago, and it's proven true. You know, I believe there's a reason for a sophomore slump. Right. And I believe, especially with quarterbacks, you see it in NFL, you see it in college. Kid comes in as a freshman or a rookie, and they perform well. But what happens is the coach is like, okay, we got us a rookie. Right. We got us a freshman. We got to keep it. Keep coddle the, him. Yeah, coddle nice him. Easy. Put him in good positions yeah, where he can be successful. Right. And he takes that small bit and he's extremely successful and does, you know, has a, has a great year and does great things. And then next year, the offensive coordinator is like, oh, man, he did so great. Let's throw the whole playbook at him. And then it's like, and it's just, it's a position you have to see things. Like you said, you got to go through the process of seeing this and seeing that with all of these different things. And then it, it's going to take some failure. And I think that's what happened in this situation. It's like he had a, a, a solid year last year mm-hmm. before injury, and then this year he comes back, and it's like, all right, let's go for it. And it's just too much. He's not there yet. And also, too, the more games you play, the more tape there is out there on you. Yes. So all of those limited things that you did well, right. everybody's going to take those things away. Yep. 
And uh, you have to really be creative and you really have to develop as a player. And that's where coaching comes in to help you continue to be able to do those things well and stay away from those things that you don't do as well. Yep. Rank your top five coaches in the Big 12, and then we'll get out of here. Oh, Lincoln's number one. Um, say uh, Iowa State coach two. Campbell. Yeah. Campbell. Um, man. Patterson. Patterson. Patterson's got to be in there. Uh, four and five is a toss up for me right now. Cause if you take a guy that's doing more with less, I got to go. Oh, it's climbing. 100%. Climbing. Yeah. And if not, then Gundy. Yeah. Climbing where? Climbing's got like for me. Climbing at five. Where's he? Where's he at? Oh, K State. K State. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. This is a this is a Lincoln Riley one A and one B right. Yeah. Then it's climbing two. That dude's got seven national championships in the Division two level. Yeah. That dude knows how to coach. Yeah. Like I've never seen Lincoln Riley look more shocked in my life than in the two times he's faced Kansas State in the last two years. Like oh. those dudes. He know you he with takes, what he had is impressive. Right. This is what I'm talking about with Oklahoma State. It's that factor. Kleiman got a bunch of kids that no one else recruited, finding a way to have an impact. What he did against Kenneth Murray two years ago, masterful. I've never seen a play like that where you're going to pull a guard behind the center, stop him, and then pull him back around. Kenneth Murray is the only player in the country that's running a 4-3 in that <laughs> position. Of course he's going to take himself out of the play, and he did it all game long. Yeah, Things like that, right? Oh. Scheming specifically for players. So it's... It's Lincoln, Kleiman, Campbell, Patterson, and then you got to go with freaking what's his name at Texas, Herman, right? Gundy's out of your top five. He's no. out of your top five. I disagree with that one. Yeah, I, mean, he I think Herman. He's, he's got, probably four or five. <laughs> and I think Herman's done the least with yeah, the most. No question. I mean, Herman, that's, Herman, that's how I would judge a good coach. I mean, Herman's had. Bart Simpson playing quarterback for him for the last <laughs> four years. I mean, what exactly was he supposed to do with that kid? That kid's a player. He's a ball player, man. He's I, a football player. I, I agree, but I, he's, not, he's not. I was not a fan of him before this year. I was just like, oh, here we go with this guy. But like, freaking kid knows how to. He knows bro, how to get it done. I love. Man. I love he's stories like player, this. That's. I block the help. I would block for Sam Ellinger in a heartbeat. He's a football player. He yeah. believes in it. Yeah. Like it's in his heart. You can tell. He's a. He's the. La Sam Ellinger's the first true Texas quarterback they've had since Colt McCoy. True. Agreed. I believe in the brand Texas quarterback. Yeah. The problem is he's no better than Colin Klein. Like he's not. The last I disagree. He can. I, he makes all of the throws, man. He does. I think really. He makes I all think the throws. He'll he'll be a third or fourth round guy. Yeah. And play a long time. Yeah. In the NFL, in I the think NFL, I, huh? I like I'd liken him to a um, Chase Daniels. Just. Bigger and, and can run the ball better. Interesting. We'll see about him. But I, I just think he. I so, mean, so okay. Then that's why he's progressed. I think. I think what a lot of people see with Ellinger is, the, uh, is his his power. first two years. Yep. Yeah, and okay. they just they put him in that box of oh he's just he can't I see him. But he can throw the ball. Taysom well. Hill type of guy. That's how I see him. Like he's I mean, a I football player, a but I don't. I don't. Like, he's, I he's, would, a, he's a quarterback. You think I'm? I would be. I'm in the, the completely other side. I'd be surprised to see him get drafted. Like really. No, he he's a quarterback. Interesting, and he's he's I, I he's developed he's round. developed into a really good quarterback. Okay, so he he, he throws saying. the ball well. He he goes through his progressions, and he 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 understands what's going on with the concepts. He he's did, a good quarterback. Did Trace so McSorley get drafted? 
because that's about the same. Who was that? I think that Penn State quarterback last year. He ran a lot, threw a little. Kind of Ellinger is not. He's not that guy now, though. I think Ellinger is as good as Colt McCoy was, except that he doesn't have the team and and the stuff that that Colt McCoy had. Maybe that's what it is. He doesn't have the guys around him. But I'm. I mean, I'm seeing a guy that doesn't do it for four quarters. He does it. When he has to, is that him? is that on him or is that on on the coach yeah, coaching? Think, I don't know. I mean, he's out there. Oh, the so now y'all three got and a half Herman, quarters that, playing. You won't. You won't go after Tom Herman, but you won't go after Mike Gundy, dude. I I told you, <laughs> like, I think I think Gundy's done a great job. I really do. All right, so so Gundy is three or four for you, three or four for you. He's five or six. He's for four me. or five for me. Four or yeah, five for he's you. Four and five over here. Okay, four and five. Four and five. Three, three for three or four for me. Three or four for yeah. you. Okay, Riley Campbell. Gundy. Gundy or um, Patterson or, or Patterson. Yeah, really, those three for me can, yeah. can be interchangeable. Interchangeable. I would say there's a bunch of good coaches in this league, and I think that's something we can be proud of. I think yeah. the football, the trajectory of the Big Twelve is moving up. No question. Uh, we're coming out of that dark days that we, when we had six, seven years, and yeah. I promise you, the four of us were like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, I if I made Matt Rule leave, yeah, I thought yeah, that, that was, was doing some. Yeah, good. He, yeah. he was. Yeah, I mean, heck of a job. I think those guys. It hadn't quite shown on the field yet, but I think those guys at Tech are really good coaches. I think they're coming up too. Yeah. I agree. Those, I think those his, guys his do a really good job. So versatile, right? You don't yeah. know what you're going to be able to get out of him. Like in his, I'm Texas Tech's recruiting classes are so important for the opponent in the next several years because it's going to tell a story of what they might do. Yeah. Because that dude has learned football from everyone. Yeah. Right. Has got a coordinator yeah. that has learned football from everyone. They yeah. can do whatever they want to. They're just doing what they can with the players that were there. So I'm curious to see what Tech comes up with for sure. All right, so Gundy went out, yes or no? Donovan. He should, uh, and I think he will. Josh? Yes. Wes? Yep. One and two for me. Lincoln Riley, does he One and two? Ouch. Whoa. He's just thinking about this pies back up. (laughs) No, I think he probably wins out too. I think that, you know, the the – Tech game is interesting. Yeah. This late in the season, you would probably prefer to play Tech early. Where where are they uh, playing? In Lubbock, I think. Is that in Lubbock? No, I, I think that's in Stillwater. Stillwater. Okay. If Gundy does go one and two, it yeah. would. Ooh. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it might be over for him. Yeah, yeah it might be. But look, expectations are way issues, too though. high. Like, that's right the now. problem, though, y'all. It's the same issues. Like the way he finished the Kansas State game was great, masterful. That same offensive line is going to play the next three games. Like I, I don't know how he. Let's be real. Like I think he should run the table. But does my does your mind does your football acumen tell you that that dude's going to run the table with what's left up front? <laughs> Man, I'd feel a little better if Kansas was in the mix. Yeah, but I but think like he'll Baylor, be okay. Baylor a year ago had one of the top ten defenses in the country. Some of those dudes are still there. Yeah, but you know, and I'm just saying, with no offensive line, they become more of a factor than they have been against any other team in this league. Gundy's got the worst offensive line in the conference right now. If Spencer Sanders plays all three of these games, wins. I yeah, think they win. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If he I, yeah. if he doesn't, if they go with the not, youngster, yeah, it's going to be that's hard. That's not a knock on change uh, on on Illingsworth. I just think that we wouldn't be able to protect him with the offensive line. But Spencer gives you so much more ability and and uh, diversity with what you're able to call, and he'll make some plays on third downs that yeah. would turn into sacks. Another Big Twelve championship for Oklahoma. I definitely. Josh. Yeah. Wes. Yep. I agree. Boys, yeah. thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. That'd be six in a row. Is that what that is? Okay. Six. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like how you just always at the it's beginning. Good thing we got two hands. Good thing we got two hands. Exactly. I'm trying to end it. And then in the beginning, you jumped in with the all-time record. My like, bad. 
Sorry. No, it's cool. It's cool. I'm okay with this. I, it's uh, like the middle <laughs> and the beginning at the same time, though. So uh, I would love, I would love to work with both you guys with some of your kids. Yeah. Uh, like, let me know. I come yeah, down, sir. run some you stuff. You need to teach some old linemen how to hold, yeah. cheat, anything to not Look, get hey, the quarterback. Hey, shout out, shout out to Chaz Stover, my offensive line coach. He's a heck of an offensive line coach, yeah, and he does get inside and hold, hold him. Yeah. Just hold him. Yeah. Yeah. He tells him. You ain't cheating, yeah. you ain't trying. That's what's up. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll, come, we'll come fuck with Chaz. Yeah. yeah hey, we love it, man. Hey, we love He's a great, great, great coach, man. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Guys, enjoy your Thanksgiving. You uh, I, I know I have a ton to be thankful about this year. COVID has been a lot for a yeah. lot of people. You no know, question. a lot of people have uh, lost things that are irreplaceable this year. A lot of people will be at home for the first time by themselves this year for Thanksgiving. So yep. uh, I know that uh, we all have family and friends that uh, are supporting us every day. And I know that we are all thankful for, um, you know, the opportunities that we've had, even with COVID and, and just moving forward right just trying to find a way to survive this thing and uh, and, but and I, having football and having yeah. football thank you yeah. for football for sure no question <laughs> all right guys have a good one you too the sam mays podcast is a production of p squared media